0: Again, thank you for uh, your ministry that you're playing in a part that you're able to send Pastor Kim to Togo to teach. Uh, it's always a blessing to have him with us to teach and, uh, praying about God's giving us more opportunity to have him tam- come to Togo again. He doesn't know that yet, but he's already been invited, so. <laughs> again, we have a table in the foyer if you'd like to have our prayer cards or receive our email update. Uh, every other month or something like that we send it uh, to you you can have a better way of praying for us we really appreciate stop by after the service for any questions talk to our kids uh, they may tell you stories ask them about the experience going to the zoo in togo what type of animals they have experienced or play with i won't tell you so i want you to be able to eat your lunch today As we look at the Word of God this morning, one of the questions that I would like to ask you is uh, where do you go or where do you look up when you have difficulties? We love to plan our lives. If God can one day ask us, hey, Honore, how would you like your life to look like? It wouldn't be nice. Right? Sometime, right? It would be nice sometimes if we ask, her, hey, what do you think about this? If giving us the opportunity, we like to plan our lives the way we want it. So when something happens, we know where to go or what to do. In other words, We always have a plan B or backup. For when something goes sour or something happens, we can do something. On Friday, my family and I, we took a trip to Gettysburg, battlefield. And I love history. I love hearing about things. Stuff, when you hear history, you know there's more into what you're hearing. The things in the background. The things that you took place before the event happened and i was listening to the stories we have we got one of those audio things you can put in your car and you drive you and tells you what things happened and the whole time i was listening it was uh, the unions and the federal you know what i'm talking about thank you (laughs) but the one thing was very sure each group when they were making plans, strategizing, and talking about how they're going to overtake, they were pretty sure their plan is going to work. If you ask them, hey, how do you know it's going to work? They will say something to the fact like, hey, we have a great army. We have a great soldiers. We have great volunteers. Oh, we have a great ammunition, We got new weapons. Oh, we have a great leader leading us. And he has a plan, he has an idea, and he knows how to do it. And we have everything in our power, in our end, to win the battle. Why? Because they plan, they have a trust, a confidence in their planning. When we look at the Bible, and look at the life of Israel, there were similar things going on with them, as we look in the book of Isaiah, particularly in chapter 30, we see there's a situation going on in life of Israel. You don't know which verse I'm calling, so you don't open your Bible yet. I just say Isaiah 30, you go in there, you don't know where I'm going with it. So as we look at the life of Israel, at that time we know there were some difficulties. The king Hezekiah, who was ruling, Knows what's going to happen, seeing that Egypt was a power, and then after Egypt, Assyria was coming to the scene to be the world power. And Hezekiah, down, looking down the road, and said, it It's a matter of a time where Assyria takes over our country. So let's do something. So he has a hacky plan to go down to Egypt. As we look at chapter 30 verse 1 to 12, we see how the story unfolds, the plan and the strategy unfold. And it's very interesting that the psalm we read this morning made reference of salvation multiple times. I don't know if you pay attention to that. I was listening, I was watching Salvation, 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 rescue, deliverance is from the Lord. So this morning I would like to talk to you about the salvation and strength comes from God. Salvation, deliverance, rescue, and strength to keep going and walking according to His will only come from Him, God. We see that from chapter 30 verse 15. So, Hezekiah, who is the king, saw that's happening, is going to happen in the road, made a decision to make allowance. I believe we do the same thing as the believers today. We have plans, we have ideas. So, when something happens, we know where to go to get help. Some of us are parents. If you're a teenager, or young person, you're going to college somewhere. Your thoughts and ideas are on who? Your parents. When something happens, if I call daddy mom, they'll come and help me, right? If you are an adult and you're working, you're a family, you have a plan, you have an idea, something happened. Yes, I have either my spouse next to me or I have families that I can turn to or I have friends that I can turn to or I have government that I can turn to for help. So we live and operate in the sense that we have a plan B when something happens. Instead of turning to God we tend to turn to those things or relationships that are listed. And some, we look into our bank account. How much do I have in a bank account? How much in the saving? How much in the market? How much is the retirement account? All these things, they're not bad on themselves. But if that's where we look for answers, that's where we put our trust, that's where we put our faith, there's a problem. And that's what's happened in the life of Israel at this time Where Hezekiah put his trust in Egypt By making allowance with them This morning, I'd like to challenge you with this We must turn to God In order to obtain protection And strength By depending on his sovereignty We need to look up to God We need to depend on God We need to put all our trust in God for hard time, for salvation and strength. I want to read a chapter a 30, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. I'm going to be reading from ESV. Sorry. Is that okay? Okay. For that says the Lord God... The Holy One of Israel. Isaiah started this way. For that says the Lord. We will talk about verse 1 14 before. But I want to make a point here. And say, For that says the Lord God. In case you don't know who is this God I'm talking about. He is the Holy One of Israel. In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength, but you were unwilling, and you said, "No, we will flee upon horses." Therefore, you shall flee away, and we will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore, your pursuer shall be swift. So here we see that Az- Zechariah. In verse 1, has an idea, has a plan. The occasion of a story here is he decided to go to Egypt to make allowance, to make an agreement with Egyptians, the Pharaoh. So when the Assyrians come from the north to attack, he can get a rescue, he can get help from Egypt. That sounds like a good plan as a king he has to look for the protection of his 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 nation and that's what he's doing except that he failed to talk to the person who put him down the first place so in verse 2 to 5 we see that he sent ambassadors who craft the idea to go to egypt this is to show how much he want to depend on Egypt instead of depending on God. In verse 6 to 5, it talks about different animals there. It talks about the serpents, it talks about the camel and the horses. Now, what's happening here is the travel from, from uh, um, Israel to Egypt, it's not that simple. It has uh, valleys and hills and, 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 and there are... People who come on the way to attack as well. So to make this journey, you need to have an army to protect your ambassadors who are carrying the message to Pharaoh. And so these animals carry goods. So you don't go to a king to make allowance or an agreement with him without taking goods to them. And so that's what they're carrying. That's what we're talking about different animals here. In verse 8 and now 11, he talks about the prophecy. He said, Write down what I'm telling you. Now, it's interesting to notice here that when he said, the prophecy has a two, usually two audiences. So when he said, them a prophesize, the prophecy is immediate for the people listening right away, immediate audience. But when he said, Write it down, that means that message is for those who will come after. I said, what I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. And when it happens, I want you to have a reference that the, I said this thing already. And then we go to verse 12 to 14, and we talk about the Holy One. In verse 11, in fact, the people telling uh, 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 the prophets don't even mention the man in the name of a holy God. We don't want to hear from him. And so he made a reference of it just to point out to the person that you said you don't want to hear from. He is the one, in fact, in charge. So we, go, we get to verse 15 where I would like to spend more time. Now before we get to the in returning, let me talk, let me talk about the introduction. They is said, Isaiah, he's is a very unique prophet. He does different things. In this particular situation, he pointed out that he said, verse 15, for thou says the Lord God, the Holy One. Why does he have to say the Lord and God? It's very interesting to point out that just the combination of those two names has a message behind it. He could have said God says this, or he could have said Lord says this, and the message will be just as good as it was. But at this point, he made sure that he combined both names. What's significant about the combination of both names? First, we need to understand that he's saying Yahweh. It's a Lord Adonai and God Yahweh. Adonai, he has a sovereignty, he's a powerful, he's almighty. He is a Yahweh. he's a redemptor. He redeemed as well. In other words, the Lord God that you were fleeing away from and going to Egypt, he is powerful enough that whatever the Assyrian will bring, he is able to withstand them. And also, he is also capable of redeeming you or rescuing you or saving you as well. That's why he combined both names to say, Lord God, Adonai and Yahweh. That's very significant to the audience to understand that. That their salvation is not from Egypt. It's not from somebody else. It's from the one who established them here. God, Lord, he's, my, he's powerful to do it, to deliver you. There's nothing that Assyria will do to you that he cannot take care of you. He can do it. At the same token, he is the one who is a justice also. He can redeem you. He can rescue you as well. In fact, he will use the same terminology in verse 18 of chapter 30. So Isaiah makes sure sure that they understand that God is sovereign and he's holy as well. And he's a redemptive God. So his power is not just limited, but it goes beyond just rescue and also redeem as well. And now we went to the, the phrase and it said, in returning and rest shall be saved. What does it mean by in returning? Well, if we look in the other translations, we see that the word returning, some other versions say as repent. Is that what you have in your translation? Yeah, some people say it is a word who can mean, instead of return, it can be uh, repent as well. In fact, that's another translation of it, and which is correct. It's very important to understand that the word returning has a two understanding, it has double meanings. Returning, in the sense that instead of going to Egypt, come back and come to me. That's getting away from. But the second part, is, which is the repentance of it, is, in fact that you going to Egypt, you feel sorry, you change your mind and come back to God. So he has a double tender to that. So you have a double meaning. So those who have a repentance, they're correct as well. And those who have a return, they're correct. But the idea is, do not go to Egypt. Come back to me. Don't put your trust, don't put your faith in Egypt, in the Pharaoh, in his army. Put your trust in me, my the mighty God, the almighty God, the Yahweh, the Adonai. That's what it's telling us. Return. Come back. In fact, we do the same thing in our walk in our faith. When we put our faith, our trust, our eternal faith in God, in Christ, we are walking away from our self-righteousness, that we have before and turn ourselves to God and give it to God. We're doing the same thing in repentance for our salvation. The word salvation here also can mean rescue, deliverance. And he uses a lot, in fact, through the, the book. It's very important to point out that even in chapter 28, 29, 30, 31, he always started with Woe to you. Woe to you. Woe to you. Why? He's calling and say, there's a danger into what you're doing. Watch out. And in his particular situation, he started also and said, Woe to you if you go to Egypt. Do not put your trust in Pharaoh. Do not put your, your rescue mission plan into Pharaoh. I am the God who put you here. I am the Adonai. I am the Yahweh. And I have a plan. And there's nothing that Assyria can bring to you that I cannot stop them. I will take care of them. But you just need to come back to me. In returning, and rest it shall be your salvation. So turning away from Egypt and returning to the Lord, that's the message that Isaiah is parenting to Israel at this point. So God is saying, come back to me, repent, return. And he continues saying, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. When I think about The word quietness There's one thing Image that comes to my mind I'm I'm, I'm I'm a Norwegian In case you don't notice that Okay (laughs) Sorry (laughs) Sorry is any Norwegian here (laughs) Boy I'm in trouble now After the survey don't look for me Because I'm going to be alive But Anyway it's easy for me when I look at pictures. The quietness he's describing here is, it's not the quietness that there's no difficulties, there's no trouble. Have you ever been to uh, an orchestra or symphony orchestra or something playing, a big orchestra playing? Do you know that in the mix of when people setting things off, everybody running, going, finding place and everything, there was a chaos and brouhaha and everybody, noise, noise, and when this, the, uh, the, the, uh, the master, the leader, is that how you call it? When he comes to the stage, before he starts, there's a dead silence. Do you notice that? Or oh, just me? Again, I'm a Norwegian, so that's okay. <laughs> there's a dead silence when everything is quiet and you can hand, hear the pain drop. Well, if you play in the orchestra at that time, you are nervous about your piece the fact that it's quiet, that doesn't mean that you're fine. You're still nervous, but there is a dead, quiet, silent. That type of silence that we're talking about here. The silence does not mean there's no trouble, there's no difficulties. The silence just means that because I put my trust, my faith in God, I can be tranquil. I can have a quietness, I can have peace. I said, in quietness and confidence. The com- the quietness here has the idea of being rest. That all these things that are going on around me, the circumstances, the event, my life, my personal, my family, everything's. I'm still going, but in my mind, I'm still going like nothing ever happened. Why? Because I have Adonai and Yahweh on my side. So, Isaiah is talking to them and said, you need to be quiet. Quiet in the sense that even though things are happening even though Assyria is making plans to attack you sooner or later know that I am with you you can rest you can feel confident and the confidence here is trust trust always goes along with belief with faith so as I saying, when you have a quietness and the confidence, the assurance that God is able to do beyond what you're thinking, when you have that assurance, when you see that unfolding, then your heart is at peace. Then you know that whatever the situation is happening, you are still. Quiet. And people come to you and they say, Don't you feel anything? Yes, I do feel it. But I'm not going to react or overreact because I know who is in control of the situation. That's what he's referring to here. He's calling them to do. Notice also, it says, In returning shall be your salvation. Uh, in quietness there's a subject for these two phrases there's a common subject for these two phrases the subject is God what bound these two phrases is God so when he says in returning shall be your salvation and in quietness and confidence shall be your strength Returning to who? To whom? God. Inquireness in whom? God. God is the subject for these two phrases here. Another word is God who is in control. God isn't in charge. He is the one that you should put your trust in. Not your army. Not your pharaoh army. But rather into God. And when you do that... That assurance gives you the, faith, the, the, the peace that you're looking for. And that peace does not mean there's no trouble around you, there's no assurance going to come, but you have a confidence, you have assurance, you have a peace in your heart, you have a tranquility. And the same thing happened to us when we place our trust in Christ, we have a peace. That's why it's so dangerous when you evangelize people and when you say, if you trust Christ, give your life to Christ, everything will be fine in your life. That's very dangerous theology. Have you said that? Or somebody said that to you? That's dangerous. Because trusting God, trusting Christ as a Savior, doesn't mean all problems are gone. I just go to go to church and you'll find out there are more problems for Christians than them. <laughs> right? But the difference is we have peace. We have peace in a mix of difficulties. When well, we can go troubling and going things and go all over, and like life is over, nothing happened, but we have tranquility we have a peace we have a peace that surpasses all understanding why because we put our trust into god that's the difference like paul put it Philippians 4 7 and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding with god your heart and your mind in christ jesus he continued in Romans 5.1 and said, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have put our trust, our confidence in Him. Not in our self-righteousness. Not in our family. Not in the situation. Because our boldness... It does not depend on anything that we have or own. It only depends on Him. So we need to understand that peace is not absence of difficulties. And when you look at verse 16, but people choose not to do that. They refuse. A rejected. God rescue mission. So God is saying to Israelites... In returning to me and a quietness to me shall be your salvation and your strength. The strength to move on, to carry on. The difficulties that happens, things are going around your circumstances. They may be hard for you, but you will have a strength to carry on, to continue the walk with me. Why? Because you have put your trust, your confidence in me. So how do we do that? How do we put our trust and our confidence in Almighty God? The Adonai and Yahweh. First, through prayer. We pray. In prayer, we return. We come back to God. We tell God, God, this is a situation you allow to go in our life to happen to us. There's no way we can go through it ourselves. Only with you. In fact, we give it to you. How you want to handle it, it's up to you. That's his prayer. We tell him, we give it to him. Say, Yoss, you know it before it happens. You saw it before it happens. And you have a way to make it work. So we give it back to you. But unfortunately, we don't do that. We don't pray. When things happen, the first thing we do is, oh, how can I do this? How can I make it work? Uh, who can I talk to first? Who am I going to visit? Who am I going to call first? There was a pastor in France, I believe. When his members come to him for any problem, the first question I ask is have you talked to God about it first? Have you prayed to him? I think we need to take our prayers seriously. Talk to him. Give it to him. There's, there's nothing else we can do. This You worrying it or me worrying about it, It's not going to solve the problem. Right? Does a worry have solved solve any problem? Does it? No. That makes me feel good at that time. <laughs> but God is saying. Return to me. Come to me. In prayer that's how we come back to him say God this is beyond me apart from you I can't do it left alone I I can't but I'm coming back to you I'm praying to you I'm giving to you so we pray to God and beside the prayer is communication with God we say we love him one way we can prove that we love him is to talk to him Right? The husband and wife, you say, hey, we love each other. How often do you talk to each other? Every other month. Well, that's a great relationship. With God, talk to Him. Um, how often should we talk to Him? Every day, every, every moment. Everywhere. That's even the beauty of it. No matter where you are, you can talk to God. When I was Muslim, that's one thing we can't do. Because you got to pray five times a day. What happened at midnight when something happened? You're on your own. But as Christians, we can talk to him anytime, any moment, anywhere. Because he has opened the door for us. He's a mediator. The veil is dropped. So we can come to him with throne of grace anytime. Anywhere. Does it have, how long is it supposed to be? How long? Doesn't matter. In fact, before you open your mouth to pray for him, to pray, he already knows what you're going to say. Right? Is there any moment you're going to go to prayer to talk to God and God will say, wait a minute, I'm too busy right now? I'm too busy, okay? I'm in a meeting. Could you take a time, you know, talk to my secretary? Come back the next day. Is there any moment like that with God? Never. In fact, the meeting he's holding with his counsel, it's about you. So we just need to make it, take it to heart. I say when problems comes, when situation is hard, very joyful times, we still need to remember to go to him. Talk to him. What another way we can return to God? Faith. We need to trust God. Have a faith that what He said He would do, He will really do it. Somebody says prayer doesn't make faith work. But faith makes prayer work. Another thing, we need to read his word. Reading God's word is very essential to understand, to know who he is. And the more we know, the more we can relax. Tranquil, trust, depend on Him. We cannot know God apart from His Word because His Word declares who He is. So we need to spend time reading God's words. It's a letter written to us. It's for us to know who God is. So we need to take a time to read it. How often should we read it? As much as you can. Which language? Don't read it in French. You may not understand it. Take a time to read it. It's for us. Well, where do I start? You can start from Genesis. You don't have to read two chapters a day. just read two or three verses a day, little at a time. And God, in his ultimate wisdom, somehow will give you understanding to his word. And if you don't understand, you have people who can say, hey, a pastor, a deacons, or leaders, or, hey, I read this passage this morning, I have no idea what he's saying, could you help me understand? And he will say, you bother me, I'm not here for you. They will be delighted to help you read it, understand it. That would be the ultimate joy for them to sit down with you and open the Bible and say, what you read this morning is about this, it's about that. This is how you can apply to your life, and this is how you can change your life. Is it easy? No. But they can help you make changes in your life to reflect what you read. By doing that, we are returning, we are coming back to God. We are putting our confidence in Him, His Word. Because his word is true. In fact, his word is settled. Like in heaven on earth. In other words, what a word is supposed to accomplish in heaven, has the same thing is going to accomplish on earth as well. So it's not going to change. There's no time one day God will say, I'm sorry, I'm changing my mind about different things. Because he's a God who's not subject to a change. So his word is settled. And we can take it to bank. So when God says, I love you, I forgive you, you are my child. Yes, that's what it means. And when he says, the soul that sin is the soul that die. That means there will always be a judgment one day. So you better turn your life to him and trust him as your personal savior. So you are not judged because he's never going to change that. So we need to take it to heart and read his word. If you don't understand it, ask somebody to help you. You can partner with somebody to read it as well. Today, there are some apps about reading Bible verse. You version, for instance. Right? Sorry, I'm not making advertisement for anybody, but it's just a tool that you can use. In fact, I just discovered that you can link it with your church members too. When you go in the app and you say events, more you can link it with your church members And have a plan of reading in fact I can read his word We need to be engaged in that process Quietness and trust come from knowing who God is Despite all our circumstances How do we return to him? We choose to trust him Trust is a choice Right? Trust is a choice. We choose to, to, to trust him that situation, circumstances that we're going through, he is capable, he, is, he has enough strength, power to do it how he wanted to glorify his name. So we can trust him, despite of circumstances or conditions that we live in. That's how we display trust. It is possible to have a peace in the midst of difficulties. So salvation and strength comes to God. We need to seek God first. We also need to depend on Him. There's no problem or circumstances that's beyond Him. That he cannot take care of. we may have plan B and C and D, but if the plans don't depend on him, it's vain. So Hezekiah decided to trust Pharaoh for when Assyria comes. Who or what are you trusting when the difficulties come? Your family? Your bank account, the government programs, or yourself. Let us depend and trust on God to have strength and salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for calling us this morning to remind us to come back to you. Returning and be quiet before you. I have a confidence in you. Pray that you help us to do this. We know them. But times we forget. We seem to ignore this principle, this truth. Pray that you help us to come back to you in prayer and through your word. In the name we pray. Amen.